everyone. Thanks for checking out the Citizens Podcast. We are the high school student ministry at Maranatha Bible Church, and we meet on Sundays at 11 a.m. in the student wing. If you enjoy this podcast, we would love it if you posted it on your Instagram story and tag at NBC Citizens. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy. All right, thank you so much, guys, and welcome to the very first Fuse of 2022. Yeah, all right. So, obviously, obviously today is kind of like an experiment because it's the first time we've done it. So, as we go and as we do it more often, if this is something that you will be excited. That's the goal, that this is something that you're looking forward, that you cannot wait, where we all get together as one big group, where you can not wait to invite your friends, invite your families, if they're in the middle school and the high school, if they're not, they're not invited, uh, and then just bring people here. It's because we believe that this is something that it will be beneficial for us as a student ministry, but even as a church. So we're so excited for our first one, and we cannot start, we cannot start this uh, idea of fuse with all talking about unity, right? We have to first build our foundation if we want this to be something that is lasting, for something that is good, for something that would would make a difference. And so we have to talk about unity, obviously. It's like the obvious thing. So that's what we're going to be covering about uh, today is unity. Now, we live in a world that is very divisive, divisive, nailed it, where there is a lot of things that are pulling people this way, people this way. There's a lot of different opinions. There's a lot of reasons why you shouldn't be united. There's a lot of things that keeps you from liking people, things, things that keep you from doing things. And that is the world, the society that we live in. But it is ironic, though, how all of us, if we're honest, if you're honest, if I'm honest, all of us long for unity. All of us want to be part of something that is united. Think about that. Think about your friendship. You want to be part of a friend group that they're united, that they have the same goals, that they have the same interests, that they have the same likings. You rarely will find yourself surrounded with people that are completely different than you. There has to be something that brings you together, something that unifies you. Some of you want to have a relationship with, with a boyfriend or a girlfriend. If you're in the middle school, not yet, wait, unless Pastor Brian tells you otherwise. Uh, but yeah, he said, nah, so sorry. Sorry, guys. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, nah. Uh, but Some of you want to have a relationship with somebody that you are united, that you are one front, that you guys are together under the same goal. Maybe that's the desire that you have for your parents. Unfortunately, some of you have parents that have dealt with divorce or they're dealing or they're thinking or they're they're constantly arguing and you look at their marriage and you wish that they were united. We long for this. And even though we are individualists, even though we like to do our own things, even though we go around this world very opinionated and thinking that we know better, the reality is that when it's time to show, we all thrive or we all wish for unity. There's a couple of examples in history where change needs to take place. And you know the phrase, like, it takes one person to make change. That may be true, but the reality is one individual cannot make change. Unless that name is Jesus, obviously. Jesus can, is the only one that really can make change. But for us to see change happen, it requires a group of people to come together under that same goal. And so some example in history, you have uh, Hitler, for example. And, and all the things that he did. And how the whole world came united as one from to fight this evil. You think about uh, what is happening in Ukraine right now. And how so many 
places in the world, places that they have no, they've probably never met a Ukrainian. They're standing, they're protesting what is happening in Ukraine. You think about Black Lives Matters, for whatever reason, whether it's right or not, you see how people that in their, in their, in their reasoning felt that it was needed for change, you see how they came together on this one goal. And you see 9-11, some of you, who was born in 9-11? I don't think any one of you have, was born in 9-11. So even as so many, wow, that's surprising, but actually not. So this event, I should know this as a pastor that you guys are from, who, who's, let me see, 2000? Anybody born in 2000? 2001? 2002? 2003? All right, that's the age, all right, 2003. So two years after that. So I, I was about, I think I was like eight years old when this happened, and, and I was still living in the Dominican Republic, and I remember what it was. They call. It was early in the day. The, the, the principal got on the speaker in the school and said, hey, class is canceled for the rest of the day. Your parents are going to come and pick you up. And none of us knew what happened. And I came home, and I saw the events that took place. And it was drastic. And I saw how the world, even back then when there was no social media, there was no internet, I mean, there was internet, but it was dial-up. None of you guys know what that is, and that, and, and that is life-changing right there. But dial-up, internet, there was none of those things. And I remember that regardless of that, the whole world came together because of this event. People recognized that change needed to take place, and we needed people to come together. But not only do we see that in history, we also see it in media. You see it in movies. And this is some example of movies that some of you may have watched, some of you have, may, not have, may have not watched, but like Braveheart. What an incredible movie. You have to be at least 18 years old to watch it, so I'm not advertising it, but if you happen to see it, that's on you. Pastor, Pastor Eric didn't say to watch it, but Braveheart. Amazing movie. The Scottish are coming, or the, the, Eng- the, 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 the English are coming, and the Scottish are taking their ground. And you have this guy, Mel, Mel Gibson, who I forget his name, standing his ground, and he's united all the Scottish to defend their land. You have uh, Stranger Things. I don't really know because I haven't seen it in season one, but I'm, I'm sure that there's unity, and I'm sure that you know what's going on. I've only won season one. But then you have Spider-Man. Believe it or not, I saw the movie with, Pastor, or, uh, with John, and he was crying when all of the three Spider-Man came together. He was in tears because it meant something. It meant something that all the Spider-Mans came together. We, all, we long, we appreciate unity. And then the last one, that scene in Endgames, guys, I'm going to be honest, I was in the, I was living, that was actually, it was the last time I went to a movie theater in the DR. It was to see this movie. And I remember like today, you would have thought that everyone in that theater won the, won the, uh, won the lottery. When that scene happened, when everyone came and show up to fight Thanos, we all just bursted in joy, screaming, clapping. I mean, it was the best thing. And it, the reality is because we all appreciate unity. We love a story of people coming together under one goal. If change needs to take place, if change needs to happen, it requires unity. All right, so why unity? Why are we talking about unity? Unity is obviously a key topic in the Bible, but it's also a reality of what needs to take place. Like we say, we live in a world that is very divided where you're divided by your opinions, by your preferences, by what you think is right, by what you think is wrong. And so to be united for change is something that is necessary. It is so much necessary that as we're going to see real quick in the book of John chapter 17, so if you have your Bible, John chapter 17, we're going to see how Jesus even in his last prayer, not his last prayer, but one of his last prayers with his disciple, he's asking God 
for unity within his disciple. Crazy events have taken place. Jesus has gathered with his disciples. They had dinner. They broke bread. He shared that one of them was going to betray them. They couldn't believe it, but indeed one of them was going to betray them. One of his closest uh, friends, one of the 12 disciples was going to betray him. He shares with him that it's going to take place. Not only does he say that, in a few verses later, you see how he says to Peter, hey, Peter, you're going to deny me three times. Peter, being the bold as he is, he says, no, nah, I ain't doing that. I'm not going to deny you. Not only that, I promise you that if it takes for me to die or to go to prison, I'm not going to do that. And then we see in how the story develops in three times he denied Jesus. And this is our, the events. This is an intimate thing that is happening between Jesus and his disciples. And in that moment, Jesus is going to have a prayer for, his, for them. So chapter 17 of, John, of the book of John, we're going to read in verse 11. This is what it says. And I am not longer, I'm going to read from verse 10. All mine are yours, and yours are mine. And I'm glorifying them. Jesus is praying to God, obviously. And I am not longer in the world, but they are in the world. And I am coming to you, Holy Father. Keep them in your name, even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction, that the scripture might be filled. But now I am coming to you, and this thing I speak in the world, that they may have joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the word that has hated them, because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Verse 15, I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the true, in your word is true. And as you send me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified in truth. Verse 20, I do not ask for this only, but also for those who will believe in me through their world, through their word. So not only for the 12 disciples, but for anyone that would eventually believe in Jesus through their testimony. Verse 21, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I am in you. That they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are. In them and in you, in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me, and love them, even as you have loved them. The prayer continues to go, but in those verses you can see very clearly Jesus' heart towards his disciple. The events that were going to continue to happen after this prayer were going to be some very dramatic events. In the next few verses, you'll see how the story continues to develop. Jesus indeed gets betrayed by Judas. He gets apprehended. He gets taken to a courtyard where people are, are, are making fun of him. Uh, Peter denies him. Then he goes and he stands before Pilate. Pilate gives him the opportunity of the people to choose between Jesus and this obviously well-known criminal. People, regardless of the fact that this was an evident criminal and Jesus was not, they decided to go with Jesus. And all of this stuff develops, and we know the rest. Jesus ended up going, dying on the cross, resurrecting from the day to three days later. All of this is happening. And before all of this goes on, Jesus takes the time to pray for his disciples And in the prayer that he's asking, he's very intentionally asking for unity. Not only for the 12, 
but for those that will someday come to know Jesus because of their testimony. If you are here today and you will say, yes, Eric, I am a Christian. Yes, Eric, I have believed in the message of the gospel that, Jesus sent, that God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross because of my sins, because of my mistakes, and how three days later he rose from the dead. If, I believe, if you say, Eric, I believe in that message, then this, will be, this was Jesus' prayer for you, that you will be united, that you will be one. And I'll read those verses just for the sake of clarity. It's 1711. It says it. 1711. It says, And I am not longer in the world. Jesus is saying to them, Hey, I'm, re- I'm getting ready to be taken from the world. But they are in the world, and I am coming to you, Father, so that you will keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. That they may be one, even as you and I are. And then verse uh, 20, or 2022, it says this. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are. I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that they have sent me and love them even as you loved me. I love this idea of unity. It is so clear that it's necessary for change. It is something that Jesus saw that it was essential for the disciples to, to understand, that they needed to, to realize that as, a, as a followers of Jesus, regardless of your preferences, regardless of your background, regardless of what you like or what you think is right, you need to be united. And here's why. Because unity, it best portrays the power of the gospel for those who not believe. Think about that. In a world that is so divisive, in a world that is so divided, there is a group of people that are united under one goal, which is the gospel. Imagine what the world would be if every Christian was united. Imagine what this room right here would be like if all of you guys were united. I mean, it is not, not to say it is wrong or right, but even right now you can see that there is some division happening right now. You look around the room, you have mostly middle schoolers here, mostly high schoolers here, and that's fair, that's fine. Hang out with your friends, I don't, I'm not really calling that out, but there is, a, there is an idea in our minds that we need to be sitting with our peers, with those that are in our inner circle, when in reality, unity goes beyond your, the, your two, three friends that you have. Unity looks like the senior guy being, being united with the sixth grader middle schoolers, vice versa. That is what unity is like because it best portrayed the gospel of Jesus to those not believe. If someone comes through those doors that have never believed the gospel, they don't know anything about Jesus, and they come to church, and this is supposed to be the place where people are united, and yet we're here judging, criticizing, making fun. Guess what? They're not going to believe the message of the gospel. They're going to walk away. And here's the reality, and you see it, Jesus, it says it in the last, in verse 23, he says, In them, in you, in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you have sent me, and love them even as you have loved them. The gospel is the unifying force that brings people from all different walks of life together under one purpose, to love God and to love others. Think about that. I'm originally from the Dominican Republic. You're American. Some of you are 
uh, you know, white, I guess the majority of you are white, I'm brown, the, you know, the, the, some of you are from green, some of you are from Lake, some of you unfortunately are from Coventry like myself, some of you are even in a worse position from Springfield. Yeah, you, yeah absolutely, yeah. So here's the reality. We all have different backgrounds, different stories, different things. But in the book of Galatians chapter 3, or chapter three, we're told that because you believe in the message of the gospel, you're no longer Jewish, you're no longer Hebrew, you're no longer this, you're no longer that. You come together and you're now one unifying from. You are sons and daughter of God. There is nothing more powerful than when you go somewhere else. Like if you get to go to this DR trip, there's not going to be anything, there's no other explanation as to why you will go to another country and you will meet people that have never seen you or never talked to you and they will embrace you as your own other than the fact that they believe in the message of the gospel. That they too recognize that they're united on their one goal, which is the message of the gospel. But here's the reality. I'm going to ask Bibi to come here. Come here real quick. Here's the reality, and here's why unity is so important. Because unity best prostrates the gospel for those who not believe. Unity, unity best portrays the gospel for, the, for those who not believe. This is the gospel. This is what the gospel looks like when we're united, when we're together, when the middle school and the high school is together. You see, if you notice through the wall, whether it's intentional or not, the reality is there's not any indication that says, this is, this is the, the, uh, the citizen group or this is the rebel group. If you walk through those doors, you've definitely seen it where it's the, the big sign that says, Mary, not the students. There is a division between middle school and high school, obviously, but the reality is we all come together on the, this umbrella of Maranatha students because together we make the picture of the gospel to look like this. But here's the reality. If you start taking pieces of this picture of the gospel, it would immediately start to crumble. See right here? This is when you criticize each other. When you look as a high schooler and you look middle schoolers and you despise them or you look down on them because they are annoying. Nobody's necessarily doing that, guys, but just saying. Hopefully nobody's doing that. But when you look down on them because you think that they're annoying, that they're obnoxious, this is what you're doing to the picture of the gospel. Middle schoolers, when you look at high schoolers and you think of them as the most annoying person too, or you think that they don't like you, or you think that they're mean to you, so you start gossiping and you start talking trash about them and you start to plot against them, this is what you're doing to the picture of the gospel. And you can see how quickly the way that you and I behave can quickly destroy the picture of the gospel. Thank you, baby. Where it's not what it's supposed to look like. This is why unity is so important. We started before and we continue to say, by this people will know that you're my disciple. By how you love one another. I'm not going to get tired of saying that because it is so key for us to move forward. If we want to see change, if we want to see a difference in the Maranatha student ministry, it will require for all of you to buy in on the vision of us being united. We are one group. Yes, you're going to have Elevate over there, and yes, we're going to be doing here things with citizens, but at the end of the day, we are all sons and daughters of Christ. We require to be united from, which is why we chose the name Fuse. So why Fuse? 
Fuse means, and I'm, it's on the screen, it means to portray, or, or it means to portray, it means to join or blend to a form of a single entity. It means that things that are not supposed to be together, things that are not necessarily the best when they're mixed, they come together regardless of that under this one entity. Us here in Maranatha, whether you're high school or middle schoolers, we need to come together under this one entity, which is the gospel. Because here's why. Here's why. Maranatha Student Ministry, this is the reason why we exist. We exist so that everyone that comes here on this group, all of you guys, and all of those that will continue to come, that you guys will learn how to boldly share Christ in every area of your life. That is why we're here. We want every single one of you, from sixth graders to seniors, to understand the importance of what it's like to live like Christ, to live a life like Christ. We want you to be able to boldly share him, not just by your words, but also by your actions, on how you treat each other, how you deal with each other. So it is crucial that we understand this, because the reality is, guys, if we want to see a change in this room, if we want to come to a point like Pastor Brian said, that we don't fit in this room because of how many of us are here, it will require all of you guys to buy on the vision of unity. That is why for the first one, we're spending this time on unity because you have to have a solid foundation if we want to move forward. If we want to see Marinette students to grow, if we want to see you guys to reach other students with Christ, it will require for you to step up and to recognize the role that you have to place, that you have to do everything that it can for you to keep this picture together, that you have to do everything that you can so that this image of the gospel is not tainted or destroyed because of how you treat each other, that you are all united under this one purpose which is the gospel of Jesus. We need you guys, Pastor Brian and I need you, all the leaders need you to buy in on the vision that we are united under the umbrella of the gospel. We need you in order to see change. Pastor Brian and I, we're not going to do it alone. We need you. So here's the question. Are you up for the challenge? Are you up for the challenge to make a difference? Are you up to put aside your preferences, put aside your, what you think, what, what annoys you, what, what doesn't annoy you, what you like, what you don't like? Are you willing to put that aside to push towards unity? Are you willing to bind on the vision where you want to see this room being filled with people that are far from God? People, your friends, people in your life that desperately need to believe in the message of the gospel. And an opportunity that we can have that when we do an event like this, that we can invite friends that doesn't know Jesus. And that when they come here, they're overwhelmed by how united we are as a ministry. That they will be in shock how the high schools are interacting with the middle schoolers. That is not normal. I mean, you know how most schools separate you guys. You have a high school building and a middle school building. And here, you happen to be in the same building together. And that people are overwhelmed by how you treat each other. And that this picture of the gospel is not tainted but it is suppo- it's looking like it's supposed to do. That the prayer of Jesus for you, that you will be united, that you will be perfectly in one with him, that it will happen because our commitment to fuse or our commitment to marry not the students. So are you up for the challenge? Let's pray.
Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you for the fact that uh, we are able to not only have experience uh, the free gift of salvation, Lord, but also experience what it's like to have unity, to be part of something that is bigger than ourselves, to recognize, Lord, how uh, through your son Jesus, Lord, and the sacrifice that he made on the cross, we can say that we're not longer what we were, but that we are now sons and daughters of you. I pray, Father, that you will keep this room united, that we will be willing to put all of our preferences, our desires, whatever it is, Lord, aside, and that we will be willing to preserve unity for the sake of the gospel. Help us be bold, help us be willing, and help us to be faithful in doing this, Lord. We pray this in your name. Amen. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining. Good morning, and see this in Elevate.